everybody, and welcome to the Tim Shell Podcast, where we cover the sacred creative process of engaging scripture with modern eyes. I'm your host, Bonnie Lewis, and with me, as always, is Jeremy Armstrong. Jeremy Armstrong. <laughs> Armstrong. <laughs> you put a little bass in that next yeah, time. Yeah, I, I will. I will work on that. Armstrong. <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Sounds better. Okay, cool. That's ideal. Yeah. Um... We're here on the never-ending journey of Genesis 2. <laughs> so I think this is like our this is our second installment, but we're at least having one more because Kyle's going to join us to talk about um, shame. And so that will be really good. Uh, but today we have a much-needed topic that deserves its own episode, right. and that is Eve. The Eva. topic of Eve and the women... Eva. <laughs> I love that movie. Yeah, I forgot so about that. It's my favorite. That's a good one. <laughs> um, so we're talking about Eve, and we're talking about women in general, in the and how we read the story has often affected how women read themselves. Yes. And uh, maybe we can shed some new light on that. Yeah, and, and how we've been told the story in a lot of ways too. Um, yeah. One of the things that that we. That, that's important that we can all will always harp on is that the person who or the people who are um, interpreting the, the scriptures or interpreting or or even uh, translating <laughs> like like we're doing here yeah they're in translate they're translating they're interpreting through a lens you know through mm-hmm. through a personal uh, and there's nothing and in fact actually here's I think this is one of the big points there's that is good mm. <laughs> that, and that's perfectly fine yeah it's okay and true. Yeah. Um, it's just um, both. You mind if I? So my. <laughs> um, you mind if I share real quick, kind of my history with like, a feminism. I would love <laughs> just, that. Just a, I would love quick, that. It would be a little quick story. Um, because when I was when I was younger, when I was in 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 college, um, I was a literature major. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, and you, we, I, I, I encountered. Um, Feminism a little bit differently than most people do. Most people see like the parades and people on the streets and like anger is kind of the, the, yeah. ba- the it's the baggage that comes with that term. So yeah. it's not my it's not my personal favorite term in the world, but um, but so the anger that comes with it is is typically what people first um, see and feel, and so there's a bit of a off there can be an off puttingness to that. Mm, yeah. um, my first. Uh, encounter with it was through uh, literature, uh, through literary criticism. Mm, yeah, <laughs> uh, and so, and it kind of came simultaneous to this other, to um, this other specific thing that happened to me. I'll, I'll share that first. I went, I went on. I was, I went to a uh, Nazarene college when I was in when I was in college. Oh, I um, forgot about that. Yeah, yeah I knew down that. in San Diego. I forgot. Yeah. Yes. So the Nazarenes, interestingly enough, I so we I was part of a group of, a group of guys that we got sent out for some reason we were chosen to, or I think we were we were volunteered um, to uh, periodically go out to different um, states and talk about the college to like just different churches that were supporters, different Nazarene churches. We were, we called ourselves the Blitz Crew. I don't remember. Yes, why. <laughs> I'm going to call you that now. The, the Blitz, Blitz Crew, crew. Jeremy Armstrong of <laughs> the Blitz yeah. Crew. So we would go to these really crazy places. And I actually have some really strong memories of these places because they're just so different from San Diego, you know, California. Yes. You yeah. Know, it, we'd be in, in winter and we'd be like in, you know, Wisconsin or something like that. Mm. You'd be in these towns that were that were super sparse. And, yeah. and, and I, we'd go to these churches and, we, you know, we'd be wearing our ties and everything like that. And there'd be 20 people in this little Nazarene church and stuff. And, Wait, and, and the Blitz just, crew is to talk about the program at the university? School? Okay. We would talk about the university. That's exactly what's going on there. Kind of just give them a little bit of an update. Just kind of care for the little congregations and stuff like that. Right. Anyway, uh, there was this one um, house that I'll never forget. I went to it, and they and they um, I was chatting with like this kind of older older couple, and they were we were sitting in their kitchen, and and they were like, so you know what 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 made you guys decide to become Nazarenes? And I'm like, well, I'm, I'm I, at the time I, I wasn't necessarily a Nazarene. I just happened to go to that to that college. Oh. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there. Since then, I've become very, um, you know, I have a lot of connections to it. I've actually went overseas with them and stuff like that. So, but at the time, it wasn't there wasn't a specific reason that I could give him. And I said, well, what what about you? And he said, well, the, the main reason when I was young, when I was about your age, um, I I heard that the Nazarenes ordain women. 
And that was the that was that was, that's what that's what made me decide to become a Nazarene. Oh, and wow. I was just like, I just stopped. I, was, I had never heard of that before. Yeah. I had never heard. I had never. It never dawned on me that that would be a reason that someone would mm. choose a denomination. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And I had no, I had no real response to it. I just went, huh. <laughs> and <laughs> wow. I didn't. I was like, okay, that's really weird. And so, <laughs> yeah. I just kind of left with that. And after after a while, you know, I got back to my literature world. Was doing you know my things and got into uh, to understanding what feminist criticism was. Yeah. And here's another thing that I think happens with um, people oftentimes with when they hear feminism, they think people are like, this is all about, you know, just us being, we're exactly the same and we deserve exactly this, you know, right. everything should be right. This, this, you know, there's a lot of like, you know, the, well, yeah, I don't know if you hear in this, and this isn't how I feel, but there's people hear anger in that. Yes. And they hear and they sense like just, uh, um, just something that really puts you off. But when I started reading feminist criticism, what I actually found out was the roots mm. of feminism is we're different. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Women are different than men. Yeah. And yet, um, and, and that's the most important thing to remember here, yeah. that when you read this, Jeremy, San Diego guy, <laughs> you yeah. know, or whatever it is, you're reading through with different understanding than anybody else. Yeah. Um, and then the second part of that is that there are as many women as men. Yeah. More. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and and yet we have you know most of our let's just say interpretations of classic literature mm -hmm. um, is was given to us by men. <laughs> yeah. And hence and also that this is where this translates into biblical translation. Yeah. Um, it it come it's 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 comes from um, white men's eyes. Yeah. And and. That's fine. Once again, I'm I'm not the kind of person who's saying we shouldn't have any of those. We do. We need that. We need it, but we need a f we need more than that too. We need a fuller picture of it. Yeah. We're missing out mm -hmm. on the complexity of God mm -hmm. if we don't include, at least you know, uh, if we don't include or make a priority asking women to translate for us. Yeah. You know, um, mm -hmm. and in in. in or asking more than that too, different races, different, you yeah. know, different socioeconomic classes and different things like that. And um, not just and Americans. Then, and, absolutely, <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then, you know, I, uh, I read this book called The Awakening um, mm. by Kate Chopin and it helped me to see, oh, not only is there a diversity between men and women, there actually is an oppression, <laughs> you know, throughout, throughout yeah. history. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. You know, and when you and so so that's I suggest that book to anybody. Uh, when I was it, at that time, I was like, "This is a life changer for me in under in just de developing my understanding of the differences between the history of uh, the awakening." The awakening. Okay, I'm going to add it to my book list. Someone told me a, a book to read this week about feminism too. So now I'm oh, really? going to take the, this these two nods very seriously. Jump on those. The yeah. Dance um, of the Dissonant. Have you read that? I've never. Uh-uh. Oh, no. Excuse me. The Dance. I Look at this ridiculous thing. <laughs> the Dance of the Dissonant Daughter. Dissonant Daughter. Okay. Nope. Still haven't read that one. Okay. I'm going to find both of them. The Dance of the Dissonant. <laughs> yeah. And then the dance. Uh, but I'm going to add it to my list, my Amazon list. because So, so awesome. The Awakening and then this other one was recommended. Yes. But we haven't read it, so, so we can't say. Um, And then just... Real quick, as we get into this, because I've got all kinds of questions for you, because you're work. I'm here sitting here, chat, jabbering, jabbering, jabbering. But but what I'm getting to is, um, I. But part of this is was part of true to my my mission at the time when when I kind of was going through some of these things. I'm, I I kind of made a commitment to myself, and I don't I don't know how strongly I've been able to follow it, but I always told myself I was like, okay, with this understanding that there needs to be um, just a diversity um, in, in in interpretation in literature criticism, on the pulpit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in teaching positions, in, you know, in leadership, you know, I cannot ask the women of the world to be the one to be the, to be on the front lines mm. of this. As a man, you know, I feel a, a, a big responsibility to step up, mm. you know, yeah. and, and to say, I, I can't push you out there. I, right. I need to be willing to be one of the first ones yeah. to say, we need women mm -hmm. to be interpreting Bibles. Yeah. <laughs> we need yeah. women 
to be interpreting the awakening. We need them teaching us from the pulpit. You know what I mean? I, like, I, like, I need to be a man willing to say that. Now, you can't just say that. I mean, so we're going to get into why I can say that, I think. Now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One of the... One of the best things and I should should have saved this for later, but one of the best things that I think about this is we didn't interpret we didn't uh, translate Genesis one, but right. in Genesis one you taught me <laughs> about script about spirit mm. being feminine. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, so from the very beginning <laughs> of the Bible, you know, us the 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 interpreters of the Bible interpreted. Oh, here's God masculine God mm -hmm. and obviously his spirit. Yeah. But the, but the Hebrew doesn't read it that way throughout the old Testament here. The Hebrew reads masculine Yahweh. <laughs> yeah. Feminine spirit. Yeah. That let's just pause for a second on that. Right. Yeah. I mean, the Bible from the very beginning has a di gender diversity, even in how it names God. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's a him and a her. Mm hmm. They're both sides. Mm -hmm. And the spirit is the one that's, you know, still moving right. in us right this second. You yeah. Know? Um, so I don't know. As we go forward from this, yeah. why don't you share a little bit? Can you share a little bit of, of your maybe where, what, how you approached this particular passage, a couple of these passages, especially yeah. like the naming, um, yeah. things like that. Yes, I will. And I want to say I'm, I so appreciate that. Uh, perspective because I think you're right there's so much that can come across as angry um, and sometimes the truth is that sometimes I am angry about it right but I want yeah true uh, that Very is true, true. Um, yeah. but I don't want to stay angry and I don't want change to come from anger um, one of the things I read about uh, from Roar talks about um, how translations happened and one of the things he talks about is that like for a really long time um, it was the prophets that like provoked change and pushed things forward. And he was like, but the thing about prophets is that they were still the inside of whatever cultural, cultural system, whatever belief system was there. They were just at the edge of the inside. And he was like, prophets never tried to coerce or they were never angry or they were never um, trying to manipulate, right? It was this, they would take the language of the day and the beliefs of the day and say, hey, something's wrong here but they knew it so well. And that's why they could change, create change. And then as time went on, uh, the prophets actually, actually like in the fourth century when Christianity became like a thing, the prophets actually became sort of a threat to the systems because if you have this, this priestly order sort of rose up, right? So there's like emperors and kings and priests and um, they were sort of the top of society and a political power. So then if you have these prophets sort of roaming around saying, no, we have to redo this. We have to upend this. We have to change it. Um, nobody really wants that change anymore. So um, <clears throat> by the time we get down to like the Bibles we have today, the people that translated it are these, like you said, these white celibate males that uh, were the emperors of the time and, and they were and they were translating it. So what's fascinating about that is that we just, like I did went my whole life not knowing that. So to me, <laughs> it just was like, this is the way it is. Um, right, right. But then when you start diving in, so like in the Hebrew, exactly as you're saying, spirit is she. Um, you see a lot of metaphors of God as women. You see God being described as a mama bear. You see be God being described as a mother hen, um, a mother eagle. You see God being described as giving birth, as a nursing mother. You see these images of Yahweh um, being described that way. But then every time spirit is involved... Um, and even Lady Wisdom, and we'll get to that when we talk about that. But these are all feminine images and then feminine pronouns used. When we get to the New Testament, um, it's a less gendered language than Hebrew is. So a lot of times people want to go, well, but Holy Spirit in the New Testament is uh, a neutral, like a neutral pronoun because it usually is. But the gendered, uh, the way that gender uh, pronouns work in Greek are vastly different than Hebrew, so you really can't even compare them. But you do see, again, these images, anytime spirit is talked about, or a vast majority of it, is uh, these very feminine imagery about giving birth and about mothering in these women. And to me, that's like, should be so, it's obvious, it's always been obvious to me that God's got 
a mothering side. That's, right. That's part of, otherwise we wouldn't have male and female in his image. <laughs> it wouldn't be both if, if, if both weren't included in God. Right. But it's even become more so when I watch my son with my, with my wife. Mm, you know what I mean? Yeah. And seeing finally, you know, with my own two eyes, what kind of impact that has on his life. Mm -hmm. Just having that mothering presence, it's way more important than dad right now. I mean, mm. that you know, that's going to shift and that probably ebbs and flows right. and stuff like that. But, but um, it, it, and it's not even just his preference for her, which he does have. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, you can just tell his demeanor requires yeah. that the mother, he, it requires his mother to, to mm -hmm. be there and to, and to, um, to just her presence to, 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 to be raising him and to be there to give him that comfort and who, and who he is and, mm -hmm. and stuff. Um, yeah. You know, and not to say that that's the only role of women, but that is a part of God. Right. <laughs> and it's not the only thing. And it is feminine. There's some masculine to it, but mm -hmm. it's a feminine side that needs to be brought out. Yeah. Um, in a lot right of things, you know, and, and honored in a, in a lot of ways, too. Yeah. No, totally. Because I can think of like, how many times is it said to us, like growing up in church, like, um, like God is empathetic. And God understands and God um, and like if you're having a hard time, you can cry out. I can tell you firsthand. All of my pregnancies, all of my birthing experiences, all of my nursing times in the middle of the night, those would have been a lot easier if I felt seen and known on a very deep level. And I didn't because God has always been presented. God, the father, Jesus is male. Spirit as it, and that's it. So it's always been presented as this other. So like one of the things I teach this divine feminine course, and one of the things we talk about is how in Psalm 23, like one of the metaphors used, you know, like God is like a shepherd, is that that's a metaphor that's an other relationship. You have this like human man in charge, and then you have an animal like a sheep. It's very separate. It's like distinctly God is this and you are this. Um, but in these places where the feminine imagery is used, God as a mama bear, that's a there's a oneness there, right? Like there's God and then her, um, as a mama bear and then her cubs, right? It's like a part of you. So it's just um, it's so the perspective shifts completely. So when we were tra uh, translating this, I was so eager to see if it was actually there. Um, a lot of my stuff is like I have an idea in a way that I want it to go. And then I'm like, but let's see if it's actually there. <laughs> right? Like, or if this Good. is just something I'm wishing is there. <laughs> I really wish that would be there. And let's just confirm <laughs> let's that just confirmation see. bias, I think we call it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but like, and so sometimes I was so shocked. So, and then that things weren't there. And you just, when that happens, you have to be like, okay, so what do I think of that or whatever? And then other times it was there, but it was so different. So early on in my journey, I read this book. I actually have it here with us. Oh, wait, where'd it go? I guess I thought I did. Oh, I do. It's called Half the Church. Gosh, I'm so mad at myself. This is a side note. I hate when I look at the author's picture. I like not knowing what they look like. I like it to be a mystery. <laughs> so you just looked at it on I, accident. For the first time. Do you know how you long I've had this? <laughs> I'm looking at, I'm seeing the, the camera of you and you just showed it to me. So I can see this like a. See, this isn't, now this for, because it changes the voice. She looks like a late Diane Chambers. Yeah. Like, you know, the end of the series. <laughs> Dang series. it. I'm okay. so mad. I wanted her to be really old. I wanted her I to be like sipping her tea and a crochet <laughs> thing. She's not like that. Okay. Anyways, this is a fabulous book though. It's called Half the Church, Recapturing God's Global Vision for Women. And it's basically what you said. Like if we don't include women, not only in the church, but in our representation of God being male and having male and female attributes, yet like being non-gendered we miss out on half of God and we miss out on yeah. half of the church. Yeah. yeah. Like 50% <laughs> we're talking about. Big, that's yeah. a big percent. Yeah. Big percent. <laughs> um, so one of the things that I clung to for a long time before I was like a free person to be a woman that does <laughs> translating and things like that yeah. was her translation. Before you allowed yourself in all honesty. I mean, before you yeah. gave yourself permission. Yes. Um, because nobody else was going to do it. In fact, Me, but we weren't talking. I hadn't talked to you in a couple of years. So like and my husband being like, you can do yeah. this. You can do it. And it was such yeah. a hang up. And we'll get to why that is. But what, yeah, so fascinating. Yeah. Well, like, <laughs> how did that happen? Is one of the things that I clung to was her definition of this Hebrew word that we see. And we actually see it um, 
when God creates the woman. So when Yahweh creates a woman, he says, you know, man should not be alone. So I'm going to create a helper for him. And the word right there for helper um, is this Hebrew word called ezer. And the Hebrew word there is helper, but it's not a subordinate role. It's like an actual come alongside. And any time that that is actually used other places in the Old Testament, it's always used about the spirit of God coming alongside his people um, in a very strong and almost warrior sense. It's always used in imageries of battle or um, fighting or anytime they needed to be defended. It mm. says the spirit of the Lord is coming to help. These two are co-captains in some ways. They are, mm -hmm. they're, they're co-owners. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Know? I mean, it's, it's, it, some people may say, oh, well, you know, this is getting a little bit semantic. It's not getting semantic. Right. It's, it's the idioms of the day. This is what we keep talking about right. with the idiomatic translation. <clears throat> yeah. You know, we need to understand this mm -hmm. today. We need to understand that this language that was interpreted, that we've chosen to give to it, mm -hmm. and that really has has built me, mm -hmm. has built my, has informed me, informs many churches. It might not be the most accurate thing. You know, we right. need to we need to call it what it is. It's a it's a it's a <laughs> it's a co-owner of the company. Yeah. You know? yeah, it's not like one. It's not like one's the president, and one's the vice president. Kind right. Of anyway, yes. Sorry to interrupt, but I, it's just soup to me. It's so. Wanna, I do want to belabor some of these points because yeah. you're you're getting into it's it is semantics, but it's important ones. You know, it's important mm -hmm. differences in the way that that these things are read, yeah. and and it, and sometimes it it takes a woman to actually care that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. To well, you know, to say well, what because because I might not have been that interested in that. You know, um, I might have been because I happen to be that you know oriented that in that way of being, mm -hmm. of caring about that. But anyway, I think that that it's super important that you, that the way that you translated this, it has changed it for me as well. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. And so I think what we said was it's at the bottom. If you're following along 21, then Elohim Yahweh said the man should not be alone, but needs a partner and together they will reflect the fullness of my image, right? That's the, we need both. Um, I will make the man a warrior to support him, one who will come to the aid of humanity, fighting for justice, just as I do for all of my creation. So it's this sense that, hey, they're equals, but she's distinctively different, right? It's like this, she has this yes. justice piece. And like, what woman do you know? That's the mama bear. That's the mother hen. Yeah. That's the mother eagle. Mm -hmm. What woman do you know that doesn't have that? Do you know what I mean? It's like this very deep sort of divine um passion and calling uh to uphold creation in this certain way to come and heal to come into spaces and um breathe new life into it so that was and big for maybe, me it feels like that's the aspect of god that's grieved mm. you know when when the justice isn't occurring yeah when 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 there's poverty that's you know that and the church doesn't care mm -hmm. you know yeah when there's people hurting um, and and nobody goes to them. You know mm -hmm. that's 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 part of the divine, the feminine divine. Yeah. That's grieved when there's injustice in the world. You know. Yeah. Probably maybe. Yes. <laughs> no, it's true. And like I think you're so right because there's so many times where that's happening. But the yeah. thing that is that we I think where we miss is that we try to solve some of those problems in this very masculine way, which is very prominent in America. Um, versus a very feminine way. So you're a liter literature major, major, so you'll totally track with this. I have I work with this creative coach, and she's like amazing, and she's always trying to get me to think differently about things. And one thing she said to me, she said, you know, I feel like you have your masculine energy and way really on lock. Like you're very disciplined. You can hustle. You can uh, drink the gallon of water. You can get the thing done. Like you have no problem doing that. She's like, but your feminine energy is lacking. And I was like, that's odd to say because I am a woman, right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and she was like, the difference is this. And so she mapped out in storytelling the narrative arc of the hero's journey and the heroine's journey. Mm. And she was like, the, the first thing we need to know is, one, you can have a hero's journey without a heroine's journey, but you cannot have a heroine's journey without a hero's journey first. 
So we all sort of start on this hero's journey, which would be a representation of sort of the masculine energy or the way we do things. Um, and what marks it is very much what we are told by culture, like the American dream, right? Like you go and you just get the thing done. So usually in a narrative arc, we'll see this in like a lot of movies. You can play it out in books and things like that is like the, the, uh, the hero. And that could be played by a man or a woman. Okay. We're talking mm -hmm. more about these, these words are defining the essence of it. Um, goes and meets with an antagonist face to face. And it's a very uh, sort of a conflict situation. Uh, but the conflict is outside of himself or herself. Okay. And so they kind of go to slay the dragon. And it's always marked by this like really high, high, like, oh my gosh, we're going to win. This is amazing to this really low, low, like what's going to happen? <laughs> is he going to die? <laughs> uh, and it usually ends that he does win. And, or she wins and that person brings back a prize to the community and it's it could be a new belief but it's normally a tangible thing right like a trophy or um it's the head of Darth Vader there you go you know what I've never <laughs> seen Star Wars but <laughs> <You're kidding. laughs> I was gonna say the Elder Wand uh, <laughs> <Okay>. from Harry Potter <laughs> it's appropriate as well it's appropriate as well but come on I mean, this is like classic Star Wars, Joseph Campbell myth stuff. I right? know. But yes, exactly. It is true. Elder Wand. Elder Wand also works. I can, um, that, that resonates with me as well. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, like, they bring back this tangible thing. And what it does is the community is excited. They're, the uh, hero of the story has gone on this journey and slayed the dragon and won the thing. Uh, but it's very temporarily satisfying. And so then what happens is that some time passes and then they sort of get this feeling of they need another journey to go on. And so they come face to face with another antagonist. That's why some of these stories have like 12 sequels, right? It's like the, the new order arises. Exactly. Yes. Sorry, you, that's another Star Wars reference. Okay. Yeah. There you go. I was, yeah, was going to say like, maybe we understand more about Voldemort. So we can keep going. Back and forth. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll walk parallel lines right now. Exactly. So yeah. So <laughs> And so like it's on you're basically the hero's journey is on a loop. So you and I, we live out this hero's journey a lot. We um all of us do. Like, I'm gonna get the promotion or I'm gonna get the job or I'm gonna get the house and I'm gonna get the thing. And we've and it's a real thing. It's a real desire, and we really do slay a dragon and we really do bring something new back. And there's nothing wrong with it. Uh, but it is what we call a loop. And if we want to use it in terms of quantum physics, because who doesn't? Um, <laughs> it would be what they would call <laughs> The wave collapse. So there's like this right. idea of like the particle at the top of the wave has infinite possibilities. But what normally happens is we get stuck in our habits of doing things. And so we end up just doing the exact same thing, which then collapses back down. And then we ride the wave again and we do the same thing. So we're, yeah. we can get yeah. stuck. Um, what happens, though, is sometimes somebody who's stuck in that loop all of a sudden says, I don't want to do that anymore there has to be something more. There has to be something different. And so what that person does is they say, these things I keep bringing back, these dragons I keep slaying, they are no longer satisfying this deep need in here. And they realize that everything they've been fighting for that's outside of them, they now turn inside of them mm -hmm. instead. And so that marks the heroine's journey. It's someone who's gotten off the loop of the hero's journey and they instead say, I'm going to find a different route. And so they too come with an antagonist. They come in contact with an antagonist, but it's not on the outside. It's something inside. They begin to dig inside and um, sort of um, take apart all these layers of who they are. And that is what they call a meeting with the goddess. And what's funny about that is the Hebrew word for spirit is um, she's actually a lot of times, especially in Proverbs, um, very alike Sophia in Greek mythology. It's this goddess figure. Because the idea there is that we, we get wisdom, we, get, um, we find out who we are when we sort of slay dragons in here, inside of us, instead of outside. So the heroine, when she goes on her journey, she looks inside. She has this like dark night of the soul moment where everything feels lost. Um, she feels like she's not going to come out. 
but something as she goes deeper inside of herself, she has this meeting with the goddess, this meeting with the spirit that starts to uh, bind up some of these old wounds that starts to heal. Wow. So she goes on this journey. What she brings back, she doesn't bring back something like the hero does. What she brings back is she's a different person because as this narrative arc goes, but I think we see a parallel here, is that when the, um, the feminine spirit inside of us is allowed to come in and do things, what happens in the storyline is that it actually ends up healing the wounded masculine inside of her. So she comes back with this new uprising of the feminine spirit, but with a healed masculine spirit. So what she brings back to her community is restoration and reconciliation and this idea of equal but different, but we need each other. That's fascinating. Isn't that fascinating? And it's super fascinating. And that's wonderful. That's really neat. And it's interesting, too, because you can see, you know, that playing out. Uh, even in scriptures, like the different yeah. um, the different characters, and it's 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 almost sad, mm -hmm. or or you would look from the outside that it's sad, but it's almost kind of like, well, a lot of these women in scripture and just in history, um, it had to be an inward battle journey. Yeah, you know, there had because there wasn't any, it, there was no empowerment to affect change outside of us. Yes, that's so true. I would imagine, you know, mm -hmm. and so so. Maybe this is, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it's a mirror to it as well as it's a truthful reality to, to the history of women having to, let me make peace, let me find peace in this turmoil. Mm. And, you know, that just resonates with me with with so many women's stories, you know, mm -hmm. and not to say that you should just be fine with <laughs> turmoil. Like, yeah. should be, you need yeah. to, you need to cry out when you're in pain, you know, right. and, and we need to find the justice that, that, that you deserve, you know, and stuff. However, um, it's not full peace is not found just in writing these surface wrongs. Right, <laughs> right, right, right. There exactly. needs to be a working through it as well. There needs mm -hmm. to be a, a movement of the soul mm -hmm. um, to find, like you just said, reconciliation, you know, a complete reconciliation for yourself. Yeah. And then brought out to the, to the community. That's, that's, yeah. that's really, I've never actually heard that before. But oh my goodness. Yeah. The student becomes the teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, but that like, so we see that. So in, in the story, like Eve is, we don't see her being presented as such. Cause when I look at, through the, when I look at scripture through the lens of that, right? Like we normally see Eve as like, okay, so there was the man and then Eve was brought along to help him and then she screwed up. She was super tempted and she screwed up right. and like everybody now is screwed. Um, and as Which a, also, by the way, let me interrupt you. Adam was standing there the whole time. <laughs> yeah, and like he also ate it. So it's he like... Just, and he was standing right beside her. If you, yeah. Like if you're carefully reading... Yeah, it says Adam, who was there too. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. What just happened? <laughs> yeah, and so like as this as a woman, you read that, and immediately like so much fault of everything is placed on your shoulders. Yeah. And as a girl, I remember thinking, this is what you get if you're curious. This is what happens wow. if you. I mean, and we see that right, Red Riding Hood. The little girl's curious and she's eaten by a wolf. Like it's the, we continually see these stories yeah. of women being portrayed in this way. Sleeping beauty. Yes. Curious, she clicks her finger and goes into a coma. There she goes. <laughs> yeah. And so there is some sort of it that I had to, my hang up was that I had a feeling of being curious. I had a feeling of wanting to go on this different journey. I had a feeling of wanting to be courageous but all the stories I heard my whole life were, if you do that, you ruin life for yourself and for everybody else. Yeah. Um, and so it took a lot of undoing, a lot of looking at things from different perspectives to change that. Um, yeah. And and here's the one of the, one of the one of the things with the Bible too, this, the Old Testament, New Testament as well. Um, it is patriarchal. Mm -hmm. Okay, in the sense that it it's written for men <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, yeah and it's and it's written and it's written about men that's <clears throat> when and and i'd say that less in i don't necessarily think that's a divine nature of right. the bible scripture i think it's a ancient history <laughs> yeah. nature yeah. of the bible 
that's how when we talk about we've always talked about genre. Mm-hmm. That's what things. That's what how holy holy scriptures in the in in the in 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 ancient history were written to men about men. Yeah. You know, in particularly in this society. You know, so and with a so there there's that aspect of it. You know, it mm-hmm. it does exist in there. However, um, not as much as we think. Partially because of the way it's tra- it's translated. And right. what I like about what you've done in in Tim Shell uh, and what we've done together is you've kind of a lot of times gone more literal yeah. <laughs> than most people would think. Yeah. You know, you've gone, you, you know, people who were like, I'm just a literal reader of the, of, of the Bible. Well, right. no, you're a literal reader of the English translation that was translated yeah. by a bunch of dudes who, you know, uh, which is <laughs> yeah. great, awesome for them, you know, but what it, what you did a lot of times, what I kept being fascinated by in these chapter in the, in going through Tim shell was when, I'd say, what, where, do you, where do you get that from? And, and <laughs> yeah. you'd be like, well, from from the Hebrew, <laughs> from yeah. the Hebrew word of this. So, so I'm like, so you're actually more a literalist <laughs> when it than, comes than to the languages. And yeah. this translation, although it's an idiomatic, it's actually kind of a literal <laughs> translation, yeah. or at least yes. trying to get closest as close Very to that close. As, as we could. And like yeah. you said. When it wasn't there, it wasn't there. <laughs> we, yeah, you can't. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> we're not gonna like, try to t- try to stick it in there, you know. You know, you kind of right. want to. <laughs> but the, but the irony of that is that how many times when you read something in the translations we have today, it's like that's not there. So anytime right. in Hebrew, if they're saying he, that's not there. <laughs> it's she, right? <laughs> right? right. So yes, it's sure. interesting because um, our well. And Our something else that's not there, it's, sorry, I ran, no, go ran, ahead. right over you. I kind of forgot what I was going to say anyway. Okay. It <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> something else that's not there is a, a better understanding of some of these translations. Like, um, I was, there's, I was listening to a, the, the, the Bible for Normal People, and one of their guests was talking about, he, she called, um, uh, you know, like, um, the servants uh-huh. in the in the patriarch story um, that that would bear the sons uh, or for 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 the, for uh, like Isaac or whatever, right? And she would take her servant, quote unquote, and give them over oh, uh, so mm-hmm. that they could bear a son. You know, yeah. She called and she translates that as um, womb slave. Oh, interesting. <laughs> because that's because what it's not a you're not a servant. You wouldn't just do that to like somebody who cleans your house. Oh, by the way, right, right, right. <laughs> come over here and you yeah. get to bear my my husband's son for me. Yeah. You know? Um. So that's that's another way. See, even though that might have not have been in the Hebrew, that's a way that we under could learn to understand what actually was happening. Right. Here. Yeah. You know. Um. Uh, what's that? Uh, Hulu show. The uh, the um. Dang it, the uh. It's a book to the bride bridesmaid. <laughs> oh. Oh. Yes. 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 <laughs> okay. Anyway. <laughs> It's it it's that it was historically happening yeah. in this in this time period, but right. yet yeah, we're just like, oh well, it was fine. It was old and it was a servant. No, let's name it what it is. Right? Yeah. And let's at least give we, it some context. Yeah. We do that a little bit later in in Tim Shell as well, but it's yeah. appropriate here because there it's appropriate to say this because even in our translations of the Bible, women just get, oh, it's fine. It was just a servant. No, imagine yeah. her inner journey. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This, what this would woman, that feel this, like? This mm-hmm. sl- she's a slave yeah. and she's being told to do this. You know, mm-hmm. that's, she didn't want that. It wasn't her chosen husband, you know, kind of right. a thing. And yet the way that it's been interpreted for us is just, let's gloss over that part. Let's not really yeah. think about it. She was fine. <laughs> it's not important to the main story. Of the men, the men's of journey. Men. Mm-hmm. What was that? Which that's fine. There is a man's journey here. And it was and it's very important. But we all <laughs> we know shouldn't. it now. We all yes. have heard it. And we <laughs> yes. now need to hear the other part. Yeah. Well, it'd be good for that have, to have been interwoven the whole time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, have you seen that? There's a woman that's translating the Handmaid's Odyssey. Tale, sorry. Oh, Handmaid's Tale. Yes. <laughs> yes. yes. What was funny is that you said bridesmaid, and it's. I thought something's off about that, but I couldn't figure out bride. what the right thing was. <laughs> um, there's a woman. She's translating the Odyssey, and okay. um, I'll send you the link. But she the same thing. It was like there's all these characters. The like they have their own inner journeys and nobody's ever discussed it. And we're all fine that like they just went along with other people. And so what's hard 
about that too is that I do think that's where some of the misunderstanding comes from because a lot of times people who don't like like a feminist movement say, right. well, like now all these women are uprising and they have thoughts and feelings. And it's like, yes. no, we always did. <laughs> they yeah. just, you haven't yeah. ever read them. It was written specifically not for women and yeah. not, you know, and, and, and it, 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 so, which is what it is. Um, but now let's, let's, we're, we've moved forward yeah. from there. And, and there's a lot of things um, in ancient times and even in the Bible that um, are morally wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. right. <laughs> you know, there's, there's polygamy. Yeah. <laughs> there's slavery. slavery. I honestly think that's, I think slavery and let's, let's call it womanism or feminism or the women's, the woman's journey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? The woman's struggle, slavery and, and women's struggle. They're very parallel to me in, mm, in, yeah. in the Old Testament and even New Testament yeah. because they're both, to me, not even morally ambiguous, morally wrong. Right, right. <laughs> the, the oppression of women. Right. <laughs> simply because you're a woman and slavery, obviously. Yeah. Um, and both of them exist in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. Mm-hmm. And it's not even ambiguous. God's okay with it. Right. <laughs> you know, in the, in the scripture. Right. Uh, in, in, I mean, in the, in, the, in the text, in the way that it was written and stuff. And, and so to me, we are, have interpreted one, but we haven't interpreted, or we haven't, we've made it, we've learned to say, okay, maybe the slavery thing, uh, let's kind of give that to an ancient thing, or like most people, modern people say, oh, let's just kind of look past that. Yeah. Um, but but, but they, they still hold strongly to the fact that no women should still be oppressed right. <laughs> because it says so in the Bible. You yeah. know what I mean? Yes, <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it's fascinating. It's just, it's, it's super interesting. And, and, but that's one of the things too, when people talk about, well, I'm a literal reader of this, or I read it just mm. how it is. Well, well, not necessarily because there's plenty of things in the, in the Bible. There's genocide. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you don't necessarily agree with genocide though, right. though, in, if you are a literal reader of the Bible, you know, um, then you would read that God's perfectly fine with that. Right. You know, and he's perfect. Right. He did it himself. He encouraged his people to do it, you know, and mm-hmm. things like that. Yeah. Now, so there's, that's why there's just diversity mm-hmm. and I'm not, and, and, you know, there's, I don't think that's a fault of God. Right. <laughs> you know, right. I think it's the way that this book, what the, what our sacred scriptures, how it was written and, and the purpose of it and yeah. the people who were writing it, mm-hmm. you know, the children of God writing it through their understanding and their experience. Yeah. Um, but that's, but in this, I loved, um, I loved what you did, what you, let me, I'll read it because you always read the chapter. The, yeah. The, the, uh, the things. So I said, Unlike the animals mm. of the land created so far, this creation is bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. At last, she is my equal, the part of me that has been missing. Because she is equal with man, we shall call her, we shall all like her, woman. Mm. We shall call all like her woman. There we go. I really messed that up. That's, That's so really funny reading. because <laughs> when you were reading it, I was following you, even though it wasn't the right thing. And I was like, how do you say that? <laughs> <laughs> because it shall anyway, call all, a, all at once. It shall call all like her. No, it just is a powerful thing. And, and you know, you in, were able to say, let's make her an, an equal. Mm, yeah. And this is not an angry thing. And there's, there, there's some righteous anger in what should be happening in when we read this. Right. Um, but it's a translation of the Bible that, or uh, an understanding of the Bible that says, no, this is, this is what God said. Yeah. You know, this is, this is what it says here. This, these, these people are, co-owners yeah. of this project and like the <laughs> this is the this is the starting point of the whole thing yes yeah and that would give eve and if you think about it that would give eve every right to decide if she's going to eat an apple as well yeah <laughs> i know although we call it an apple yeah i know. Right? I don't even know one of the myths of the bible it's an <laughs> apple. <laughs> i know and so i want to get into that i think i'm going to get into it when we talk about shame because the way brugerman sets it up is that she's been given this task to look over the whole creation and then if you have the wisdom from the tree of wisdom sitting in front of you um and i can relate to this as being a woman too is like when i'm given a task to look over my children and something goes wrong or i feel over like that's overwhelming to me i have anxiety and bergman talks about that he's like this is an example of the anxiety that women face every single day of yeah. taking care of their creation. And so, mm. of course, if you had all the answers in front of you, you too 
would take a bite. You too would want to know that. And it wasn't out of disrespect. It wasn't out of, um, I'm just being tempted. It wasn't out. It was out of this deep love for the creation uh, that for her to say, oh, I, need, I need to know so I can do my job the best. So we'll get yeah. into that when we talk about it. But it re- all of this it, reframes. It rewrites. Mm-hmm. It reframes it. It's, it's not like she was just this selfish, horrible individual right. that, that was all about this. You know, it wasn't selfish ambition or just wanted to be God or live forever. Yeah. This, if, if you read it this way, and you can read it multiple ways, but if you read it this way, yeah. you know, you read it in an understanding that she just was deeply, deeply, you know, maybe overwhelmed, you know, mm-hmm. maybe just maybe less than not even overwhelmed, just deeply in love mm-hmm. with what yeah. God had done exactly. and offered her. You yeah. Know? And it's and like, so it's I just, want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. And I want to do it to, to just the greatest I possibly can. And I, and I see myself in that too. It's not just yeah. for the women. You right. Know? Yeah. <laughs> That's the good totally. thing about this. Yeah. Like you sometimes say, well, we're, we're, we're missing the men. No, no, no. Men have feminine in them as well. Exactly. You know? But if I we don't ever explore that about Eve, you could never see that in you too. Right? No, like you're just like, oh, I'm just like Adam in this way. But part of you is going, but what about this other part? Right. That's all I got is this guy who just let this happen. While <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, and then I got uh, I got to get out of it because I said, hey, it's her fault. You know, <laughs> yeah. so, right. So like that's a horrible story for me. You know what I mean? <laughs> yes. <laughs> like let's just name it what it is. Like yeah. it's jacked up. It's for like, everybody. If, we actually, yeah. if, if we're just going in that reading, which what my tradition fully has right i don't like that it's like here's the man in this story uh he's trying to get out of this whole thing and that's great good job man but how many times <laughs> like, do we see that repeated yeah a million it's, it's, mm-hmm. yes so yeah we interpret it a specific way when it when it makes sense for our particular sermon for the sunday you know yeah whatever it is. Uh-huh. But, um yep. i think <clears throat> there's just such a deeper story and it was mm-hmm. both of them i think adam's yeah. Joint was jo- I think he joined in this story. I think they're joined in their desire yeah. oh, to agreed. have the wisdom to attain the wisdom. Yeah. And <clears throat> once again, it's less. Here's these guys made this decision. It was the fall for all kind, all all humankind, and more of a Aesop's fable story of this is this is how this is a representation. Mm-hmm. Let me give you a visual representation of humans. You know, deepest um, agony. Right. Yeah. We can call that sin. We can call it the fall. But in all reality, it's just our deepest Mm -hmm. wound, Mm -hmm. you know, and this is how we dealt with it. Or this is how this is a good metaphor for sorry to say that but it it, it can be true and a metaphor. But it but this is a good way for us to look at this, the way that human deals with this agony. Yeah. Of not being enough. Yeah. Not being God, Mm -hmm. you know, of 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 caring so deeply, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then we're going to deal with that forever. And, and, and then what happens next in this story, obviously, um, is the exile. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, and, and for all of the Old Testament, and even for Jesus and the Jews of his day, the exile was what I was just talking about. That's mm-hmm. like, that's the agony. Yeah, <laughs> yes. That's death, you know. Yeah. So when you read it with a bit broader both male and female, I feel like you can look at it and see that this is a, this is a bigger story than just, mm-hmm. I made this decision, I ate this apple, and then humankind's doomed to hell. Yes, kind of exactly. That's yeah. fine if that's how you're reading it, but maybe maybe there's more to it. Maybe. You know, maybe yeah. there's the agony. Maybe there's the bigger mystery of mm-hmm. where, what, what the, how do Israel see themselves? Yeah. Why did they feel like they were in exile? You know, mm-hmm. and what do they feel is going to come from that? You know, yeah. this is a this is a grand scoping literature. And like we've said this before, but everything in Genesis is prologue mm-hmm. <laughs> to yeah. the sentence. We were slaves. Right. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Like that. All that's out. the origins, you mm-hmm. know. And so there's just something about this. It's just more of a here's here's a deep humanity. Mm-hmm. Here's here's a deep godness in that humanity. Yeah. And. One day, at one point, we were walking side by side with Yahweh. Mm-hmm. You know, right now we're in exile. Yeah, how do we get back? How do we basically? get back there? Yeah, <laughs> I love it. No, I love it so much, and I just I think it's so true what you said, and this the idea of the heroine's journey keeps coming back to me as you're saying that, uh, because viewing the exile purely from a masculine energy, and we'll wrap up here because I see that we've been going a long time, which is so funny because it always feels like five minutes to me, <laughs> and then it's an hour. Um, 
And we didn't plan it for this one. We just said, let's go for it because, you know, it'll probably be 20 minutes. Yeah, so we're good. (laughs) Um, It's like the exile, when only viewed from this, like, masculine point of view, is something we have to get over, something we have to conquer, something we have to Mm. just skip to Jesus. Okay, he died and now we're good type of thing. Uh, But when this story of Eve comes, and like you said, like, oh, I get to see myself there. As it brings this like healing and unification of the two views and it reframes the exile in terms of, oh, this ongoing journey for yes. wisdom yes. and to walk with God in this way. And it's, yes. it's very different because suddenly instead of me trying to escape, I'm walking through something. I don't know. It's, it's just a different, so maybe there's something more than we've always read it as, like you said. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, and, and there's also, depending on where you're at in your stage of life, you, you're fine with this reading. You yeah. Know, you need to, you need to have this reading possibly. Um, mm-hmm. But, but there's more, I mm-hmm. think, as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> as well, there's a further up and there's a further in. And, and we're not saying that this is the ultimate, this is the answer, but it's a, it's a, it's a, it's ours. It's our reading right now. Right. And, you know, in five years, our reading is going to shift a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, that's just how things are. Yeah. But, um, yeah. and, and we'll read this again and we'll read Tim's show with new eyes and yeah. interpret it a little bit differently. Yeah. And that's, that's part of that journey as well as part of that cycle and the, the, and, and the life and the death and the resurrection that even happens in the way that we view things yep. and understand things. Yeah, agreed. Oh, awesome. This is so good. Thank you, Jeremy. And thank you guys. I hope you guys are enjoying this. Um, you can always email questions to team at timshelltranslation.com. Doesn't that sound so official? Team at Timshell. <laughs> <laughs> that should have been the name of the podcast. Team at Timshell. Team at Timshell. <laughs>